Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that look like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is Hansen James. And this is Milo. And we last time we talked, Milo, we were previewing the the playoff series with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I was nervous, I was scared, but apparently, I didn't really need to be. The Jazz have kind of handled business the last four games in a really good way. We wanted to kind of talk about that today. What what are some of the things you've been impressed with? Some of the things maybe surprised you, disappointed you, scared you? Full disclosure, I picked the Jazz to lose in seven. So I was like, this is going to be a really competitive uh, matchup. This is probably the closest uh, matchup between two teams in the first round. And they're going to go back and forth, back and forth. And and now it's like, do they close it out in five? Because the way Oklahoma City finished that, uh, that last game, like if we're talking about this series, like the very first game, the Utah Jazz looked shell-shocked to be there in Oklahoma City. The playoff environment looked like it was overwhelming. They couldn't make their shots. Um, mm-hmm. Really, they got the shots they wanted in that game one. It's just they weren't landing. Ricky Rubio wasn't hitting his shots. Joe Ingles wasn't hitting hitting his shots. And that cha- those, those three-pointers, if they're hitting, changes the whole game. Then you get to game two, and guys started hitting shots. Mm-hmm. You, they... I- Oh, I was going to say, one of the things, that game one, I think you're exactly right. They were shell-shocked. And I think the one, and it's not all that surprising because it was his first playoff game, even though he's a seven-year vet, was Rubio just looked like it was his first playoff game. And it was his first time with the intensity. and It was like giving and... an energy drink to a toddler. <laughs> like, and, he well, looked really amped, but just was... didn't know what to do with all of the energy just super amped and honestly and like you're exactly right he like came in and it was the reason why i was actually kind of encouraged after that first game i think i even tweeted it out just kind of re-watching the game it's like rubio just took the shots like that i had never seen him take all season like it was like five feet farther back than what he normally takes that little uh mid-range pull-up that he does that's mm-hmm. become honestly a big weapon he took like in the first quarter, his first three shots were kind of like two steps inside the three-point line, and he never takes that shot. It was like the uh, game was going just a, a second too fast for him, and so he yeah, wasn't it, making he wasn't making the right reads w- with his passes. He wasn't staying within the offense that had really made him a better player. Mm-hmm. And when he did have open shots, it it felt like there was just so much stress, anxiety, pressure. 
from the environment and 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 excitement, exil- you know, all those things of finally getting to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of us expected that game one to go that way, just because of all of the inexperience. That's that's initially why I picked the Jazz to lose in seven, where it was just like, okay, that a playoff environment is significantly different than. Um, regular season is much more physical there's a lot more excitement you have these really raucous crowds that can sway the whistle for with referees mm-hmm. and and so there's there's all these different factors and that just takes time to adjust and i think also it's just as a rookie has to adjust to the regular season of coming into the league changing from college to to the nba i think a regular nba player who's never played in the playoffs it's that same thing. They mm-hmm. have to adjust to it because the speed is different. Um, the the way uh, referees call fouls, the physicality, the the energy in the crowd. It's just just well, and it it same. was obvious that it affected him, and that's what kind of made me kind of excited. And on top of Rubio, kind of just ha- having first playoff game jitters, which is re like honestly understandable and it was actually before i even go further is it was the reason i was kind of happy that we didn't get home court advantage because you kind of got that first playoff game out of the way for for ricky first playoff game for uh donovan mitchell who's looked like he's been there every year for the last 10 years and and then they come into game two they adjust and they win and they win relatively easily like the last three games they've looked in control from the it's, start of the game. It, I would say I wouldn't say the start. I would say like the second quarter. Like Oklahoma City. So Utah Jazz have come out strong. Oklahoma City has gone on another run, and then it looks like at the end of the first quarter on the last three games that Oklahoma City is back in control. Like every single one of them. Like they've they'd be like, okay, we was we took the punch and and that's what I I thought in game two. I was like, okay, they withstood the punch and you know uh, we, we we got out to a good start. But then Utah just looks like the much better team than than the Oklahoma City Thunder. Game two, people were saying, okay, well, you're not going to get Paul George and Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony to shoot like that to end the game mm-hmm. every night. Like, that's a fluke thing that's not that's not going to happen every night. And then same thing happens in game three. We're like, well, you know, you can't expect that to happen two games in a row. I mean, I mean it did, but, you know, <laughs> like, it, at this point, it's just like they're at home. They played with a lot of energy. Game four is the game that, that Oklahoma City is really going to turn it on and you're going to have to worry about these stars. And then in game four, I would say in that second quarter when it, the game got physical – and Oklahoma City went on that run. I was like, oh, my gosh, maybe Oklahoma City has got in their heads a little bit. Maybe we haven't sh- shaken this out. And then Utah just went on that spree. And that, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and then they were in control the rest of the game. It's crazy, but Utah looks like the better team. And it's not like Utah, you know, they're a better coach team or they play more in sync. They look more talented than the other squad. And when you start looking at it star for star, Carmelo's not really a star. He's a star as much as Joe Johnson is. And and then you so if you take him out of the equation, then you got Steven Adams and you're like, well Steven Adams is on the star scale is much like Derek Favors. Like 
He's mm-hmm. a good he's a good guy, but you're not going to put him on uh, you know in an all star game. You're not going to put him on an all NBA team. So then once you get past that, you're like, okay, they only got two guys, Russell Westbrook and Paul George, and the Utah Jazz have two dudes, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, and all of a sudden you're like, this this, this is much we should have, and I count myself included because I was like, oh man, they just got so much star power. But it's star power because of recency bias, because of all-star games, because of, you know, and, and plus my my entire uh, riding career has been Carmelo is an all-star in this league who can get whatever his shot is. So it's it, I think part of me is having to come and recognize that Carmelo Anthony was washed up probably two years ago. And, mm-hmm. and we're saying, oh, he just doesn't look like he has it anymore. But I think he hasn't had it for two years and it's just recency bias for a lot of us writers who are like Carmelo just explodes and and he doesn't he just it's it's bad and he takes you know I I mean honestly like I was a I was a fan of that trade and I'm I guess I was wrong but I think we I mean, were fans he takes, of it because we thought he was getting 20 minutes a night we didn't think he was going to be a starter well and I thought he'd be I thought he'd play off of Russ and I thought he'd get just spot up threes like because Russ does create that and I thought that he'd just be this knockdown guy but my goodness you watch these games and he'll take and I don't know if it's just because he's older and so his body just is breaking down but he takes those a three-pointer in the fourth quarter and it just has no chance it's it's just not going in like he and he misses them badly I think uh Worldwide Wobbit, uh, he posted a video of just like one of Carmelo's late misses in the fourth quarter, and he says it sounds like an egg cracking because he shoots the ball and it just bangs off the backboard, <laughs> and it really does. It's like, <laughs> it, and it's it a does. little. I mean, it, I shouldn't laugh. Crazy, I, it's crazy to watch, and and I think like it's really interesting to see star players, and this is a bit of a tangent, but it's really interesting to see star players like Carmelo go into their their later years because some of them are able to make that transition into a role player and i think that it just i think that takes a, an insane amount of self-awareness to to recognize that because i i think the same thing that we we champion star players and having like you know they don't let let anybody tell them how good they are. They push themselves. They they go to the outer limit. I think that same that those same qualities are the same qualities that keep them from transitioning to a good role player. Well, it's kind of like that rookie that doesn't realize he has to get a lot better, and at the end of the year, it's like, oh man, my body just doesn't do the things that it did five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I one of the, one of the other things I've been impressed with with Utah uh, because. You know, last night we saw it firsthand is just Russell Westbrook came out and and just was like ready to literally murder Rubio on the court. And we all just kind of look at, oh, my gosh, did he kill him? But mm-hmm. the Jazz have just like they've shown so much composure and and not just last night. It's also in game two. Like they came out. They didn't freak out when shots weren't falling. They don't freak out in the first quarter if the Thunder get a lead or make a run. Like if Paul George hits kind of I think it was game two that. Like just like game one, Paul George hit just crazy threes, and like to the point where you're just like surprised if it doesn't go in, no matter what he shoots. And it started again in game two, but the Jazz have just held their composure and they've stuck to their defensive principles. I think that's one of the reasons that's helping them win is the Jazz have just been so disciplined, and it's just such a big contrast 
to the Thunder, who have Russell Westbrook come out with his own personal agenda against Ricky Rubio, who for whatever reason just just hates Ricky Rubio, <laughs> and and it helped them win last night. Just we we have to we have to talk about that. I think we're d- discovering that low key, there's a lot of people who just really despise Ricky Rubio, and I didn't realize it, but uh, I mean, if we're being honest, Ricky does flop. He does flop. He does flop. I, 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 I think sometimes it's necessary because, uh, and my my father's a referee, and sometimes you you need that. You need you need that bit of showmanship to be able to see it because there's a lot of things going on. This is also the case for a fourth referee for crying out loud. Like, well, I mean, it's not rocket science. We just need a, a, that additional angle. But well, I, and if you if you have referees that call a foul on your team when Steven Adams hits his own player, I guess sometimes you've got to help them. Well, see. And, and here's the other thing: no one has that angle. Like when you look at the referees on that court, no one has that angle because that angle was from the back basket to there to be able to see that that foul. So if you don't have that, if you don't have that angle where a fourth referee would have been, you know that's mm-hmm. it's it's really it's really hard for that. So I so I look at uh, so I think like the amount of people who hate Ricky Rubio and get like tired of his shtick are the same people who get tired of Manu Ginobili and get tired of his shtick. I was gonna say Manu for me is one of those guys that I personally just get so sick of. And but I think Ricky Rubio is things. that for other people. I think I think Ricky mm-hmm. Rubio's that guy is just like, man, oh man, he just, you know, like I uh, like I'm I'm gonna get an I'm gonna get an offensive foul because uh, I'm going uh, like, and I think he takes advantage of that. He it it reminds me also of John Stockton too. Like John Stockton was the king of taking a charge, like mm-hmm. three quarters court when somebody's walking and runs into him. I also think I mean, and this kind of reminds me of something that Donovan said. One of the first things Donovan said when he came to camp is they asked him about Ricky Rubio, and he kind of made a point to say it was just, and that guy is a good defender, <laughs> like, and so there must be something that Rubio does on the floor because he's always been a uh, in the top ten in the league in steals per game. He's always been a great steals guy. He must there just must be something that he does that disrupts players and keeps them from being comfortable and just irritates them. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just his, he's just got a, I don't know. He's Sometimes, got, he has a knack for those steals. Sometimes it makes me wonder if he, because he's such a good passer and he thinks about those angles that he almost is narrowing down where, where somebody can pass the ball ahead of time mm-hmm. because he's a ball hawk on that. And I don't know how, like there are some steals where you're like, if he's wrong, that's a bucket. That's that's an easy bucket, and that and we saw that at the beginning of the year when things were out of sync, there were a lot of easy buckets because Rubio was just chasing after he was, everything. He was all over the place at times, and sometimes you're just like, oh my gosh. And I can't in the last two months, I don't remember that going happening. No, I think I think, and we've talked about that a little bit. I think one thing with Rubio is he's just. He's found he's figured it out with Quinn's offense, and it may have just been that it took time to figure out Quinn's offense and Quinn's defense. But he is so comfortable now. It took him one game to acclimate to the playoff intensity, and now he just goes in and and literally has someone going out to like murder him, and and uh, and he's just he's fine, and he knows what he's going to do in the system, and and the Jazz are playing 
fantastic. I that's the other thing too that I wanted to cover. I think we realized that us saying that the the Thunder have the two most talented players on both squads might not be accurate because it kind of looks like Donovan Mitchell's the best player on the floor, which is kind of insane yeah. considering uh, Russell Westbrook won the MVP last season. It's it's been pretty eye opening how good Donovan Mitchell is. He is he has carried I think we them. All, I think we are all on the Donovan Mitchell like is a good is 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 a star train. I didn't think we were. Uh, I didn't think, and I don't think anybody did. I don't, I don't think even his most like biggest you know people who are stunning for him on Twitter every single day. I don't think any of us thought he was a better player out of Paul George, Russell Westbrook. And himself. Mm. Uh, like oh, he, I didn't. That's why uh, I was afraid like of the series. Yeah, I, I mean, there's no way. Like, if, the, if, if, like, gun to my head before the series and they're like, you know, Donovan Mitchell has to outplay these two or you die. I'd be like, well, you know, I lived a good life. <laughs> yeah, like, well, and, and like, tell mama I love her. Yeah, and and, and it's, it, all for game one. And even then, he was just, he was keeping Utah in it. Um. He's been he's been a great player. I would say the other person too that has just shocked me at how good they've been in this opening round. Um, it you know there's been Derek Favors, Joe Ingles, Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio's up there, but um, Royce O'Neal. I think we do have to talk about Royce O'Neal because I, there is no way you could have you could have paid me to say that Royce O'Neal would be the the most consistent bench player for Utah in this series. Mm-hmm. Because there, there's been moments where Jay, Jay, for having all his playoff experience, looks like he's completely out of control, a lot, a lot of the <laughs> games, and 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 then Royce go O'Neal goes out there and like, okay, you know what do you need me to do, coach? Okay, defend three, hit three, okay, and and he just, especially last night, like there was a danger zone last night where you in the second quarter where you could tell the physicality was getting on Utah's nerves. And I said in the in the live thread um, on that night, I said after the first quarter, I gave my synopsis and I said, you know what, Utah has to if Utah can keep their cool, they've won this game. And that was and they were down like you know four or five after the first quarter, and I was like, they're going to win this game because this kind of this kind of aggressive energy that um, Oklahoma City has is it will it always comes back to bite a team, always. Mm-hmm. Because it, because it, because it's it, it, you can't harness that type of energy because it's not under control. Um, it, it it makes you prone to mistakes, and we saw that with with Westbrook getting four fouls. And sure enough, there was that moment where it seemed like Oklahoma City was almost about to break it open. It was almost to that ten point barrier where you're like, "Ooh, this is a danger zone for being at home." And this physicality, and the referees didn't feel like they were on their side. And before Quinn Snyder got his technical, which changed the game, that was an awesome technical, by that, the way. He, that, it was necessary. That was such a good, good technical, um, because that changed that changed everything. But before that point, Royce O'Neal hit two threes, and you look at Royce O'Neal's stat line, you'd be like, oh, I mean, he had a good game. Well, it, it, I, I think he had a great game because the dude had nine rebounds. Well, and he's also guarding Paul George and yeah. doing a really good job. Yeah, I like, mean, that's. That's his. That's his night, and like, I I can just tell, and it's kind of a little barometer for me. It's kind of growing up. It was like the Stockton barometer. It's like 
when Stockton came in the game, I felt comfortable. I was like, okay, so at least we know that the offense is going to be running right and he's going to, you know, we're going to make the right plays and blah, blah, blah. And if we lose, it's just because we didn't make shots. And that's kind of how I'm starting to feel when Royce O'Neal's in. It's like, okay, Royce is in. He can guard Paul George. And now we know we're going to have a good defender on him. And it's it's remarkable. I I I just – I think – Donovan Mitchell has been the revelation of the year in a lot of ways, but quietly Royce O'Neal has had a great, great year, and he's having a great playoffs. Yeah, I, I think one of the – yeah, he's just having a, an amazing playoffs. And it, I, I don't think you could have paid me to say Royce O'Neal will be our most consistent role player. He's been oh, out and there I, and guarding guys, tough I, guys night in and night out. I called this before the season started. I told. Ah, uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Take your victory lap. I'll, I'll just I, wait. I'll, I'm I, just gonna snooze it. <laughs> I went and I watched all the Grady YouTube tips, and I said, "This guy is big. This guy moves well. He can shoot a three, and he's athletic." I I did one of the things that shocked me with well, not shocked, surprised. I don't get. I mean. But like he you don't can get dribble shots. a little, yeah, sure, whatever. He okay, can dribble a little bit. <laughs> but I told y'all, there's if you're a big guy and you can guard guys and you can hit threes, you're gonna do okay. Just uh, all right, victory lap over. You you, you feel good about yourself? Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's one of the other things too that I think a lot of team, a lot of uh, uh, in this series. So a lot of national writers before the series are like. Utah's going to want to slow the pace of these games down because that's that's what they like. They like to play slow, but they uh-huh. did not realize that since Gobert has come back, Utah's been playing at a pretty quick pace. They're they're above middle of the pack now, mm-hmm. and in the playoffs, Utah's been playing at about a hundred and one possessions per game, and to keep that in mind, the only these are the only teams that are playing at a faster pace. Raptors, Wizards, 76ers, Heat. Mm-hmm. One and those who's playing at slower paces, uh, the Golden State Warriors, who are playing at six possessions less per game. They are a crazy story right now. Um, the Spurs, of course. The Houston Rockets are playing at three possessions slower per game. Um, the Timberwolves, of course, because they're playing them. The Pelicans are playing um, at a half a possession less per game than Utah. So you look at that and Utah when they're most successful is they're so they're playing here's the other insane thing. So Utah's playing, remember what we said, one of the one of the fastest paces fourth the tied for tied for second, I guess you could say, pace uh-huh. in the playoffs and their defensive rating second. Only the only team that's been better defensively has been the Indiana Pacers. But the Indiana or, Pacers, they have a, a an offense that's on life support with an offensive rating of one hundred one point nine. Utah Jazz have an offensive rating of one hundred eight point seven. So they have a total net rating of seven point six. Need we remind you they have a net rating of seven point six against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm-hmm. And that's why the other guy that needs to be talked about is Rudy Gobert has been phenomenal in the series and he hasn't had a bad game even game one when the Jazz lost he contained Steven Adams Steven Adams has not had an answer for Rudy I that was the big worry I had coming into this series is 
Steven Adams is the strongest man in the NBA. If he's not, he's one of. And I just thought, man, I don't know how Rudy is going to handle it. He's such an offensive rebound monster. Rudy's handled him. And mm-hmm. not just not just handled him, like he's dominated that matchup. He's he for two games he got uh Adams fouled out of the well not fouled out, but in foul trouble throughout the whole game, so that the Jazz had easier times getting buckets when he was out of the game. But what was super impressive last game is that Adams was not in foul trouble that whole game and the Jazz still found ways. That was my worry. I was like, man, if he's on foul trouble, I don't I don't know. I think that might be you know, switch in their favor. And the Utah Jazz are so on offensive rebounds. They have an offensive rebounding percentage of twenty five point five percent against Stephen Adams, and that also goes with Derek Favors. Like Derek Favors and the guards rebounding. Royce O'Neal had nine rebounds. You have Derek Favors, who's just bruising down there. You have Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell, who has been averaging what six rebounds, seven rebounds a game in the playoffs. Donovan's been unreal. He's I, just unreal. And, and yeah, and I think we have to go back to let's talk about uh, like Ricky Rubio first, and then we'll get to Donovan. Mm-hmm. Excuse my language. Holy shit, Ricky Rubio! Like he's been incredible. It, it's uh, I will take a uh, for all the Ricky Rubio uh, stands that are on our blog. Um, I I, I was wrong. Oh, I'll I was, take the L. I, I, was, I take a lot of I, I, I take a lot of L's. I I I I I didn't I, I didn't think this this would happen. No, like, why no. would you? It's so, never literally never happened. <laughs> yeah, in his so, career. Yeah, so this is this is insane. Um, and I love it. I love Ricky Rubio's tenacity. I love I love the like last night. What was so hilarious about last night is uh, so after game three, we all know. Russ goes out there and he was just like, "I'm gonna shut that shit down. I'm gonna shut that shit down. I'm gonna shut it. I'm gonna shut it." Blah blah blah. blah. Like, like, and, and and I think that goes into Russ's mentality. Where um, the the question was, "What did you think about Ricky Rubio?" And instead of in in Russ's world, instead of being like, "You know what? He he played a played a hell of a game. You know, we're we're gonna have to make some adjustments." And uh, and then um, you know, us as a team, we got we got to learn how to play him better. Uh-huh. Because uh, you know, in, and 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 here's the other thing too. The thing that kind of bothers me is it wasn't like you could tell it was the Thunder's game plan and be like, if if we lose by Rubio, you know, it means that um, our game plan was wrong. Like that's that's mm-hmm. it. I mean, that's what they built the game plan. They're giving him those shots. They're giving him those opportunities, and it was up to him to take advantage, and he did. And and so instead of being like, you know what, that was in our game plan, um, we. But we didn't we didn't allow other guys to get 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 those looks. But instead, Russell Westbrook took that so damn personally. Well, and that's why I think I honestly feel like Billy Donovan is actually a pretty good coach. I feel like he tries things. They actually run some systems. I just think I think Russ runs that roost. I think he just he decides what he's going to do, and he's just like, you know what? It embarrassed me that this guy that I honestly hate did really well. I'm not. I don't care what. I'm not going to let that happen. And it cost him the game. And part of that, uh, in all honesty, is what makes Russ great. And I've heard, you know, you read a lot of the OKC writers talk about that. Like, you know, it's just, it's a uh, feast and famine sometimes with Russell Westbrook. You, you have all these amazing things like his incredible speed. And if he goes in transition, he there's no one better in transition than Russell Westbrook because he's the, he's like 
arguably the best athlete in the NBA, and it's just once he's going downhill, it's just unstoppable. I think but Russ is like the closest player in this league to Allen Iverson that we've had for a while. Like a guy that is just so unique, and he's driven in a much different way than everybody else. And that's and that's Russ. He's just driven by just an insane competitiveness and athleticism. And he's a great player. He really is. His ability to score, his passing, he finds open shooters, he gets the triple doubles that we all talk about. Uh, and that's, you know, a talk for another day. But he's just remarkable. But he is also a crazy person. He's also like... It, it like, blinds him. I think it blinds him uh, to, to a degree. And I think... Um, what you notice with like Russ, he like the team revolves around Russ. It doesn't revolve around the coach and everything. And Utah has been this. Um, I I think when players go to Utah, there's a different pecking order that's been established. And because OKC was was built from the ground up around the players, mm-hmm. that's what it became. That's its culture. Versus Utah, um, its culture was built around Jerry Sloan. How they they would they would or or any coach Frank Layden it's just like whatever the coach says goes so I don't care and and they've kept that culture even when the coach like Tyrone Corbin isn't necessarily the dude that you really want having the final word but they were so devoted to that culture they were like okay if he says it we're gonna support it and we'll go forward with it and in the long run it's helped and yeah. it's been. And that you know what it's it's allowed them to bring in players and that are just I don't know if it's the right word but it's the best word I can think of is just humble players that are willing to you know they put winning first and sometimes the, I wonder if it's compelled it's 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 like they're if they're compelled to be be humble like it's just like if you're in Utah you don't have a choice uh, and 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 not saying that you know they're like it's like this like cult but. It's kind of like with San Antonio. Like if you go to San Antonio, like the stuff that's going on with Kawhi Leonard, if the reason why it's not talked about as much in San Antonio as other places, it was just like, well, if that's New York, you're like, who's going to come out on top? Is it going to be the coach or is it the player? In San Antonio, it's just like if Kawhi is behaving this way, he's not seeing the court until he makes amends with Popovich because that's mm-hmm. the, that's the pecking order. Well, because we don't run our franchise to get guys' contracts. Like, we run our franchise to get wins. And and that's the same way the Jazz run it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting to me. Like, Donovan Mitchell's had this remarkable rookie season. It's honestly, there's just, it's just, there's nothing like it with his ability to score and shoulder the load of a playoff team. But the team just kind of knows that that's his role. And that, mm-hmm. like... Scoring is not necessarily the only role on the team. For example, Derek Favors, his role is to be the secondary big man on both offensive and defense. He's the he's the weak side shot blocker on defense, and he's also kind of the secondary pick and roll option on offense. And he does that really well. And he his his role is to rebound, and he just does it. And that role is just as important as Donovan's. It's just Donovan can't do the things Derek Favors does and Derek Favors can't do the things that Donovan does and they both understand that and they're both fine with that and that's why they're able to win games without you know like there's no one on this team and I honestly and I root for the guy and I hope everything goes well with Rodney Hood but I felt like when he started the season he was kind of not within that mindset he was 
I've got to find a way to get a contract next year, and that means I need to get some shots up. And it doesn't really matter whether it's in the offense or not for me. Right. And and you saw it at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I I think a big thing, too, is like like right now Russell Westbrook, he's been championed as like – Man, he's the first guy since Oscar Robertson to you know average a triple double for a season, and what an amazing thing that is! And that's amazing, and but and it is amazing. The other thing is Oscar Robertson didn't get a chip until he was with a team and he played within the team and he had better better teammates and he relied upon them, like he wasn't trying to out rebound, you know, like look the. the Here's here's the team like the the team that won won a chip, you know the Milwaukee uh, Milwaukee Bucks. They had Kareem Abdul Jabbar. You don't see Oscar Robertson trying to freaking out rebound Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Like Kareem Abdul Jabbar averaged 16 rebounds a game. Um, well, and they, there was two other players who averaged more rebounds per game than Oscar Robertson. But guess what? Oscar Robertson did. He got them assists. And he played within the team, and he set up his teammates. So I think at the end of the day, what's what's happening with Russ? Well, and, and it, uh, just real quick, I mean, if you have Stephen Adams on your team, and your guard is averaging more rebounds than Stephen Adams, there's a problem. Anyways, I was just supposed to throw that out there. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think there's uh, you're missing out on things. You're just you just are, and so, uh, and that's not to take away from Russell Westbrook, and maybe that maybe. Maybe they're doing that because they don't really have um, a good rebounding four, and they're like, okay, we have to, we need our guards to rebound. But man, I would rather those those ten plus rebounds a game go to Paul George, and I I have Russell Westbrook just flying down the court ready for an outlet pass. Like I I, I mm-hmm. like he runs like a, a like a track star. I'd rather have him out and running. Ahead of ahead of that, and you get have Paul George grabbing that rebound. So I don't know. I, it's just I I look at uh, I I I and and when we did our our questionnaire, um, you know, our roundtable before the series, and we were picking our favorite Thunder player. I love Russell Westbrook. I absolutely do. But I also think that he has. Um, uh, and I think this is also where you need players that are like you need a culture that fits your player, your top player, mm-hmm. and that really ex- accelerates it. And I don't think like Billy Donovan is like the coach where it's just like this is the coach and this is the franchise to really let Russ like be Russ, right? Like I mm-hmm. I just I just don't I don't see a lot of synergy between Billy Donovan. And and Russell Westbrook, I don't see a lot of center. I think it would take a really eccentric coach to really get what um, what Russ can do, and that brings us to so Utah wins this game last night because you have Donovan go off in the in in the second half. You have Donovan who's scoring um, almost as many points as Michael Jordan through his first four games, and guess what? Donovan is one, uh, Donovan and his team are one game away. From winning a series, and the last last rook to do that was, um, geez, I can't even think of the last rook who was who was able to do that. There's like only one. Well, I think it might be Magic Johnson, and I'm not sure. Maybe it's Magic Johnson. It's it, who scored this many points and and got gone on to the next round. 
So I, it I wasn't don't... Matthew Johnson because he wasn't scoring this many points. He was he was pulling Alonzo. Mm-hmm. The Alonzo tri- <laughs> triple double. Uh-huh. 11, 11 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. It's it, that's uh, not Alonzo. That's more like the patented Jason Kidd uh, line stat line. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're just like yeah. Jason Kidd was one for ten, but you know what? We got triple double, and somehow we won. Uh, I think I think what's exceptional now is when you look at Oklahoma City, man, do I not look? Do I not envy Sam Presti's job in this off season? I mean, it's going to be a scary off season. Oh, you know Carmelo's lose. opting in. Like he's oh, going to opt 28 in. Million. Twenty-eight mil. Like, and so you know that Sam Sam Presti's going to go to him and be like, "Hold up, hold up, hold up. Can we can we negotiate a buyout? Can we just just let's." Let's figure out something, um, or that that contract is going to be one hell of a of a expiring contract asset. Mm. Yeah, it, I guess that's true, but that's if they can get someone they can. I mean, maybe they can find someone to trade for. But twenty eight million. Who has that amount of contract? That can, like... I know. Like the only thing that the only way I look at it is you look at it. They're going to go at a team that's wanting to tank and needing to, or is in a bad situation needs to unload some contracts, and so they might go to like Portland and say, "Hey, you know, we'll." Um, but you can't you can't do that until until the d- the draft is over because they have to wait for him to opt in. I don't think Dame even makes that level of money. They no that's no nuts. like like I. Like he'd have to go to them and be go to Orlando and be like, "We will wipe out all of your bad decisions with one contract," <laughs> and they might do it, but and and, and just be like, oh. "Maybe we can make turn Bayambo into something." Like, so there's Carmelo, and then you know that if they lose, Paul George is opting the f out. He is gone, 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 gone. I even, man, I and. And then with with Paul George, like I'm not even sure if he goes to L.A. Like I look at L.A. and I'm like, uh, it doesn't. L.A. to me, if he, if he goes to L.A., it's just because he wants to live in L.A. Yeah, that's like that's that, it. If he goes to L.A., that's it, I look at that move like when Carmelo went to New York, where you're like, oh, so you're gonna spend your prime winning thirty to thirty five games a year. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, and he'll fade off, and and honestly, it, man, the thing is, is if Paul George wants to win, I know there's a team that could fit him in in a small forward spot, and and might win a championship, but he's never coming to Utah, mm-mm. especially after this, especially after, after this, this series, series. Yeah, I don't think anybody on this Thunder squad will ever take a meeting with Utah. <laughs> no, it's like you guys are uh it's like i don't i don't i don't want to ever deal with you guys so i so i see and then you got russ and then after that that's you you're 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 left with russ you don't have paul george you don't have those young assets in um Sab- sabonis and in oladipo and at that point like you got to like you're going it's into you're, there's not uh, a lot of easy yeah. answers it, it, like they're in a situation like the clippers where you're like okay we lost chris paul we don't really have a good guard play and ooh, ooh, this is you know we got to start start making the decisions that are going to set us up for the future 
Mm-hmm. Like it's it, it's it's the next step, and and um, what is crazy is Utah will be the ones to end Oklahoma City's pretty pretty long successful run of 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 playoffs and 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 um, and this whole thing that started with Kevin Durant and and Russ and James Harden, and it's so crazy to look at this Oklahoma City Thunder squad and be like, there's a GM. In Oklahoma City, that most likely, when all is said and done, drafted three MVP players, mm-hmm. and is and doesn't have anything to show for it, and kind of bungled all three. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing he could really do about uh, Durant because Durant just chose to but, leave. But, but Durant's not leaving if the, if they keep James Harden. And remember, like. James Harden's like I'm like I think it was this year he's like you know what I'm glad they traded me because I never would have been able to have this but that's not what anybody was saying. What I mean his, mm-hmm. his like his teammates were mad that they weren't paying him they like that team would have been a nightmare. I man I still and they it's... still would have been able to have Stephen Adams. They still would have been able to have Stephen Adams. Well, they got how they get because that was the pick they got when they traded Harden to Houston, and they got man, that was such a bad trade. That was such a bad trade. They trade, they get Stephen Adams, and they got what well, I forgot his name. Oh yeah, because uh, it Jeremy was Lamb. Yeah, they got they, Jeremy oh, yeah. Lamb. That was such a and and remember, everybody was like, "That is such a good trade," because uh, and, and, I, and, and they were saying it's a good trade because who? Why would you doubt Sam Presti at that time? Like if Sam Presti made that decision, you're like, this dude drafted James Harden, Jeff Green, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. Like he deserves our benefit of the doubt. And, and they'll just draft another one because that's you just are able to draft those players. He'll just draft another one. I think one. I wrote during that time too, and I was like, man, it's stupid Rockets. Why are you giving him more draft picks? Like he's just going to find somebody better, and he hasn't. Uh-huh. Because those players don't grow on trees. They just kind of got lightning in a bottle for yeah, two or three and, and years. And when it happens, it happens. Like I think like Sam Hinky like understood the 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 lottery element and the gambling element to the draft versus OKC where I I think it is human nature to believe that it goes from being like, "Man, we really lucked out to, hey, we're okay at this to, and if you you have that much success, you start to think you're you're god of the draft." And I think that's what Sam Presti kind of fell into. I think he did. I think you're right, though. I think he just thought, you know what? This is we've done this multiple times. We'll just do it again. And you know what? You miss in the draft sometimes. And missing high can be really devastating. Just look how long the Sacramento Kings and the Suns have been in the lottery. If you miss and you pass up on a player like Steph Curry and because you took uh, Johnny Bryant or whatever his name was, I forgot his name. Uh, you know, you don't make you don't you don't make up for that. You just you know what you I just realized. Around. Russell Westbrook willing um, the Thunder to a to a draft pick might have made it so that they did not have Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Wait, how does that work? So so last year, let's go to the Oklahoma City Thunder, like their record. I I I I, I think I I. I honestly think let's go to last year. So they were like 47 and 35. 
and uh-huh. their 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 schedule is go to their scheduling results. And I think at one point, let's see, what was their record? I think at one point they were okay, so they stayed about six games over five hundred. Okay, um, I I misspoke. I thought they were like a lot closer to five hundred at one point during the season, but no, that's just me remembering wrong. Well, the thing that's crazy about that draft is if Utah doesn't trade up to Denver, Denver probably passes on Donovan Mitchell as well. And so he might have even fallen a few more spots. Yeah. But it's just, it's bonkers. I that, That's one other thing about this season. Uh, and last night we kind of just had, it's honestly been kind of, it was a magical night beating the Thunder. They were just crazy mad. You have like Jerry Sloan high-fiving John Stockton's grandson. You have... You know, Mitt Romney taunting from the stands. It's like this just like Utah dream of a night. <laughs> if the Jazz, I don't like I don't want to look ahead too much to the next round of the playoffs. But if the Jazz find a way to beat the Rockets, this season becomes maybe the greatest season of all time. Because I think that the Jazz can beat Golden State because I, I like Golden State has uh, beat the Spurs pretty soundly but I think most teams in the Western Conference would have beaten the Spurs pretty soundly without Kawhi and oh question for you who's better playoff Rondo or MVP Steph Curry (laughs) MVP Steph Curry I'm I'm going to say playoff Rondo playoff Playoff Rondo Rondo has shown a propensity to be to, to sweeping teams He's really good. If he hey, would, if he wouldn't have got hurt last year, he's like they they sweep the Celtics. I was gonna say playoff Rondo almost beat the Celtics if he didn't get injured. I was yeah playoff so Rondo. Playoff Rondo is a Hall of Famer. He's legit. Like I I think when when they go like like Hall of Fame time, like Rondo would be smart. Be like just throw out the regular season. I never paid attention anyway. We're just talk. Let's just talk playoffs. Like when he wants to get into the basketball Hall of Fame, they sh- he should be like, "I think we need to have a playoff basketball Hall of Fame." <laughs> well, and, and at the very top would be playoff Rondo, where it's just like, "Here is playoff Rondo, who gave zero f's about the regular season." Playoff Rondo has rings. Playoff like playoff Rondo attends the regular season like a freshman under, uh, attends. They're their generals. Like he doesn't show up; he just shows up for the test and goes home. That's that's playoff Rondo. Playoff Rondo just shows up into the woods with a hatchet and he builds you a fort. He just does. I he's the first it, time he holds a hatchet. <laughs> playoff Rondo, it like I'm. I mean, I don't know uh, if how good the Portland Trailblazers are because of how good playoff Rondo has been playoff Rondo and uh, Drew Holiday have been just a wrecking crew. And maybe it's just because they knew how to beat the Trailblazers, but they decimated the players. There was like, and it's kind of how the jazz look right now playing the thunder. Like there was at no point watching those four games where I felt like the, the Blazers had a chance. And part of that too is just Anthony Davis is a problem. He is a just an absolute monster and is going to be I mean what how crazy would it be if they go in and they beat the 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 Warriors like whoo boy well, yeah the, <laughs> the, the, the Pelicans the Pelis, 
I think what's scary about the Pelicans is we. I think we've talked, I, not us, but I think the basketball community has talked over and over again. Man, Anthony Davis is this transcendent player, and he's just surrounded by absolute crap. Mm-hmm. And and I think that only gets you. I mean. It's not even he has players that before were helping him get to the finish line. Like people were getting injured, like Drew was getting injured, all these other guys, and he was playing with a G League team mm-hmm. for some of these years. And we saw how good the Pellies were getting with with Cousins, but now what is crazy is a I think the Pelicans are better with Miritich than they are with um, with Cousins. Well, that trade is looking really good. I think Anthony Davis is more savvy and willing to play the center position than he ever ever was in the past, and that is a problem because him playing at the power forward position actually took away some of the the the, the matchup problems that he could have caused. Mm-hmm. And now as that stretch five, that's um he's 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 scary. He is well because really he shot scary. blocks. He uh, he is a monster. He, he's really, really good, and he's he honestly decimated Yusuf Nurkic, and it couldn't have happened to a more arrogant guy. My gosh, that guy gets on my nerves. But uh, so he has just he decimated the the Blazers, and then you had Drew Holiday, who just he made Dame look pedestrian. I mean, he just took him out. I mean, that's a scary team. If I'm the, it's been a fun playoffs. It hasn't been this like, you know, well, it's just going to let's make and see and, you know, wait until the Warriors just uh, turn it on and destroy everyone. It's been like, mm, you've got to deal with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. And if, if Stephen Curry doesn't come back, they, they've got a lot, it's going to be a lot tougher. I mean, maybe the Warriors just do just figure out a way to beat them, but the Warriors have struggled without Curry. I, I didn't realize how important Curry was to that team until now. I, th- I thought, you know what, you know, you've got Kevin Durant, who's arguably the best scoring scorer in the NBA, mm-hmm. and 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 last year and and even this year too has looked like kind of a defensive player of the year type player at times with his ability to to rim protect while also guarding on the wing and and doing some of that Draymond stuff where you protect the rim but you're also able to move across right. the court. Uh but they've struggled and we've beat them by like a combined 50 points or so in the last two games. Well, That's even why Kevin was... Durant when they were talking about what do you think of, uh, they asked Kevin Durant what he you know they thought about he thought about you know the Jazz being up 3-1 on on the Thunder and and he was just like they're he's like they're a damn good team. They beat us by 30 points twice. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be in the downbeat tomorrow. Like, oh, yeah, oh you, you put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> you salty fool! Sneak <laughs> me. So, oh yeah, oh you know it's gonna be in there. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, so I think that's, I think that is what is so um, unique about this Utah Jazz squad is last year, and I was talking to ESPN St. George about it. And they said, what's so special about this playoffs? Why does it feel more special than past? And I think, so, A, I think always the first playoff run of a new core always feels like 
it's like it's like seeing your child walk for the first time. Uh-huh. I, I think that's what, what that first playoff run of a new court because you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't think we could do this. They're all grown up. I can't like it's all these like wild rush of emotions versus like when the Utah Jazz were going for their like 12th straight and it was like, oh, they're making the playoffs. And he's like, he can walk all over the place. He's 15 years old. I hope he can do it. And <laughs> and so and so I, that's how I feel about this playoff run with Utah is that this is. A, it's already special because it's their first one, this new core. Second, it you have the 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 pain and the and 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 the broken hearts that were caused by Hayward in the off season. And here we are, well, we're almost eleven months after that fateful day, uh, to, uh, ten months. We're almost ten months exactly to that fateful day when when Hayward busted out, and Utah is one win away from getting to the same point that they got with Gordon They Hayward. were last year. And they've done it and in a more dominant fashion against a, a much stronger team. Yeah, you. Uh, yeah, we're beating the Warriors, and the Warriors have been healthy. I mean, I know they don't have Andre Robertson, but last year we you beat mean, the, you the, the Clippers. The Thunder? the Thunder, yeah. We're beating the Thunder. Sorry, Thunder. Uh, and I know they don't have Andre Robertson, but... You know, last year we kind of got helped out in beating the Clippers because uh, Blake Griffin got hurt halfway through the series. And I don't know if we would have beat the Clippers if he was healthy that whole time with Chris Paul playing the way he played. This year, we're decimating the Thunder. And we're like, just like the Clippers after we beat them last year kind of crumbled and the team kind of separated after that, it's looking like we're going to decimate the. The Thunder, it's like they're going to lose to the Jazz in five games and they're going to lose Paul George and they're going to have some tough decisions with Russell Westbrook and decide what they want to be because now they're left without Paul George. They're left with Carmelo's contract. They don't have Ennis Cantor and Sabonis. And they have and, Russ on a Supermax. And they have Russ on a Supermax. And so, I mean, my goodness, that's... That's tough stuff. You probably have to just go for it and see if you can make the playoffs with Russ and Carmelo and Steven Adams. Yeah, I, guess, a, I think they kind of have to. And, and if it's they see their season going sour, then next trade deadline is going to be lit. Oh, with, yeah. It's, with, with with Russ available. Like, it's going to be Russell Westbrook going to the Phoenix Suns or something like that. I, I, it's I, I, be... so, it's, so it's special in that regard. But I think it's special because, like, thinking about this past season – there's been um, how first the season started and it was about we're going to prove that we're, we don't need Gordon Hayward. And then injuries started happening and then it didn't look like the team had the talent at even before the injuries started happening. It kind of didn't look like the team had the talent. Ricky Rubio didn't look like he fit. Um, Rodney Hood didn't look like the primary scorer. Uh, Rudy Gobert, there was no fl- there was no spacing whatsoever for anybody. Well, and uh, meanwhile, you have the 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 Boston Celtics who they get Gordon Hayward, and then all of a sudden they have Kyrie Irving just kind of fall into their laps for an injured Isaiah Thomas. Then they have Jason Tatum who looks really good. They have Jalen Brown take another step and is turning into a really nice player. Everything just was kind of like my gosh, like it was like it losing. Could not it have was been like worse. yeah, it because it wasn't like your girlfriend broke up with you. It's like your girlfriend broke up with you and now is dating the the star of 
star quarterback of the team. You're like, oh, and it's just like, yeah, well, what we expect, you're in drama club. And, and then it, you like, <laughs> and you've got your identity stolen. Yeah, it just, and... it just, it just all those things. It, it, it was, uh, it was uh, yeah, it, yeah, it just. So with 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 that being said, then you have then you have the injuries, and then and then you have then you have the. the you have Boston media rubbing it in every single day. Know what it, know what the season has been like. It's 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 the plot to forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> Maybe it's, I haven't seen that movie. Uh, it's the plot to to forgetting Sarah Marshall. Holy crap! Okay. Anyway, so um, so and then you have then we go through Tank Note, <laughs> and which actually was plausible. That's the other thing that bothers me is people are like, I can't believe we we're doing that. It was like this, like you cannot, you cannot in one breath being like the Utah Jazz have made an insane comeback, and then be like, I can't believe no one else saw it. Like, it, like you, these are the same people who would have been like, "Oh my, oh my God, Lazarus is dead," and then the same people after Jesus raises him from the grave to be like, "Yeah, I knew he's coming back." I knew. Oh yeah, I knew. Everybody, that, uh... everybody knew. Like three days, three days. Like, like we knew, we knew, we knew, knew he was gonna bring him back. We all knew that. Like you, you can't. <laughs> You can't say something is a miracle and then say, "Yeah, we all knew it was going to happen." That doesn't. How dare you? How dare you think that might not be possible? Yeah. How dare you? And something I, that's literally never happened before. And, and, and then, and for, there are some people who really did believe that you know it was going to happen, but at the same time, it's just like if you you can believe that was going to happen, but you also have to understand that you're on a a very very optimistic group of people Uh so well and they're the same type of people that say fire quinn all the time and they're the same type of people that say like dennis Lindsay's an idiot because of you know why are we not winning games well guess what ricky rubio can't hit a shot Derek favors and rudy gobert for whatever reason were not working the first half of the year rudy gobert got two major injuries does that make quinn a bad coach does that make dennis Lindsay a bad gm no, those are just realities, and these were things that were going on, and they were things that we were hearing people say multiple times, you know. And now they're winning, and Quinn's great, and Dennis Lindsay's amazing. No, they were both great and amazing before. It was just these things were happening that were making the team lose. It didn't mean that the pieces wouldn't eventually come together. I like that's one of the things we talked about too with Tank Note. It's like we know we have this special rookie. We didn't realize by two-thirds of the way through the season, we might have Michael Jordan. And we also knew that Rudy Gobert was injured. We did not knew, know that after his second injury, he'd come back, like, honestly 100% and lead the team to one of the greatest comebacks, if not the greatest midseason comeback of all time. We didn't foresee that, like, when Rudy Gobert comes back, magically it will just work with Derek Favors. Like, that's another thing. It just started working. And I don't know what happened. I don't know how. It's just, it's yeah. just, it's insane. It, it's it's a really so special reasons. season. There's so many things, and so I think this whole season, the roller coaster and and the emotional, the emotions have been tied into it, and then seeing them be so dominant, I mm-hmm. this is this is so unique. It's, it's just special in every way. 
it's just fun. It's different. It's remarkable. There's and even Kevin Pelton. He listed uh, teams that had made big time turnarounds like the Utah Jazz, and none of them really made any noise to in in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. None of them. And and so with that being said, like what if if Utah wins in five games, this that's unheard of. It's literally unheard of in the NBA and Utah's doing it. So that's why it's just like this amazing thing that's going on with Utah to have Donovan Mitchell putting up records that are, you know, in in hollow territory as MJ and, and Kareem and, and Wilt. Like to have to have uh Ricky Rubio show out and actually have his time as on. Like there's been moments in these games where there there was like Rubio's kissing guys after the game. <laughs> that type of chemistry. They're just like I love these guys. Like, oh, and that's one of my favorite things. And I know that Jay was a little like. That's why I like Jay. Is I just feel like he is honestly the Jazz. Like he's the enforcer. He's the Charles Oakley of this team, or the Lance Stevenson. I like. I promise you, at the start of that game, when he saw Russ going at at uh, Ricky like that, he had to be just seeding, just. <laughs> and that's what I love about him. He's out there. He's that offensive lineman that protects that quarterback and takes a, like a fence at a player, you know, stepping out of line. I I love that about Jay. And if I I don't think Jay's going to be suspended for next game because he got ejected, right? Yeah, I I can't imagine that would be if if, it, if Jay gets ejected. I mean, if he gets suspended and Russ is because we know that Russ isn't. But like, remember when? Draymond got I can't I don't know the exact rules but maybe the guys can tell us in the comments below but like why Draymond got suspended for that one game in the finals oh it's just because he he stepped over the line like that was the uh thing like you can't step over the line it's 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 the palace brawl rules oh and maybe it's just discretion of the NBA probably Mm -hmm. okay which by the way last night (laughs) if there weren't palace brawl rules Man, last night would have really been one of those nights that, like, it really, it, I, when the game was out of reach in that fourth quarter, and the Thunder were still kind of fighting, but you knew it was out of reach for them, I was just like, man, so help me. This is a type of, like, you had Russ playing out of control, you had guys taking cheap shots, and you're like, this Well, it's is, where guys get hurt. Yeah, you're like, somebody's going to do something stupid, and, and, and somebody's going to try to get in a fight because they're just going to lose their temper, because... It's the playoffs, and if, if guys are emotional, and they're gonna like they're competitive dudes, and like we said with Carmelo, you know, uh, it, the same things that were like every good athlete has these qualities of believing they're the best, not giving up, uh, being incredibly proud, and being taking pride in their work, and having accountability, and all these things, all those qualities really make people. Absolutely, the, the same people, absolutely horrendous losers. Oh yeah, that, like, that's why they made the league. They are incredible competitors. Yeah, so 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 those same things. Like it's just not going to. That's why it's. That's why it's hard. That's why, it, and so. That's why I will say, um, I got to give a shout out to Andy Larson, who was the dude who who uh, tried to at least. Get Russell Broach Westbrook. Approach the question. Approach the question of like, you said you were gonna shut that shit down. Do you feel do you, like you shut that shit down? 
like, I, 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 like, I think somebody just should just be straight up honest instead of like being approached be like, you said you were going to shut shit down. Very first play of the game, you bodied up a guy full court. How do you think it all worked out? And I, and, and Russ knew he, Russ knew, I think Russ by the end of that game knew that he looked kind of silly. Yeah, he looked silly because he, like, Russ is like, yeah, uh, you know, we're not talking about that no more. We've moved on now. We got to win. Have we? I guess because, (laughs) because, because we weren't aware of it because just two hours ago you were bodying up a guy like you were about to go 10 rounds with him. Mm-hmm. And now you're wanting being amicable and bury the hatchet, like, like. Well, and it might have been that he's just like trying to be nice because he knew that a suspension might be possible, and I so. He... Yeah, I think the other thing too is like, you know, if if the Jazz lost, and Ruby only had like four assists and a few rebounds and, and same shooting percentages, you know that dude would have been taking a victory lap, stepping on the pedestal and, ta- and, and getting his trophy. Oh, I he, shut it down, baby. Oh, he's just like, that's, that's, he'd probably be like, well, that's what, you know, this team does is what Russell Westbrook does. That's why I'm one of the best in the league. That's why I think, you know, you know, we, we, you know, people got to take notice of what we're doing here. Instead, he's just like, you know, you know we were just, uh, you know, we're, we've moved on now. It's like, oh, have we? <laughs> I guess we're done with that talking really? point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you said it. It was a big deal before, and you came out literally like he literally like was in Rubio's face screaming, like, and the, like you like he did that clap, and then he just like, like, <gasps> like you are crazy. And I was just impressed with Rubio to just he just took it and was fine. Like he's just like, yeah, I kind of expected this, and and. You know, now I'm going to draw four fouls on you. <laughs> well, we're we're closing we're closing in on the end of this podcast. Uh, update doesn't look like the Spurs are going to beat the Warriors. Uh, you know, surprise of the the off season, man, that, or the playoffs. I can't believe that. I can't believe a team that doesn't have their best player and their coaches mourning. mourning. <laughs> the death of their spouse. Yeah, yeah somehow like, they weren't able so to. Somehow pull that they out. were able to overcome all of that. And get and when uh, here's a I, Michael, I do want to say just they just didn't believe enough. I, I do want to say this because I, I have felt like I've had an axe to grind against Popovich and the way he's and and this year particularly it feels like it, Popovich has been dunking on small time reporters and normally he's not like that. Like he gives the the more seasoned reporters. Um, the business when they ask bad questions, but for younger reporters, it seems like he's he's more understanding. And this uh-huh. season, he, it's just like his shtick just wasn't just wasn't landing like it used to. And I was getting annoyed with it. And I was I was uh, like definitely harping you you and uh, like all you gotta do is just check out the SLC Dunk Twitter and it's be like the dude has to have empathy. The dude has to see you know the other side. And by by me not saying those things, I wasn't giving him the benefit of the doubt and empathizing and trying to see where he's coming from. Well, and now it's and, obvious he's been going through something pretty awful. And, and yeah, and 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 that's like my like I I like my mea culpa is like yeah like I I should have been giving him the same benefit of the doubt that that I was saying he should have been giving other people, 
And like that's just that's just heartbreaking. Like yeah. that guy was he was coaching his team. Like his his wife died the day after the day after the game. Like that's mm-hmm. I, I, I like in in my mind I'm like man I, I would not have even showed up to the playoffs if it was if it was like that. Oh yeah, it's so it's like I just you know just condolences to Pop and hopefully you know. Man, I I hope this is not his last season. I hope this is not how it how it ends. Like, mm-hmm. I hope this is not the way it goes. It goes it goes down with Popovich. Like it just because it would seem almost like with Jerry Sloan, where it just where he retires and then a cup and then only like a year or two later, like and and the way it ended, it ended with you know arguments of Darren Williams and a bad team and losing Carlos Boozer and the end of an era and. And then only a couple years later to find out he's, you know, know, just Alzheimer's basically. Mm -hmm. And, and, and and it's really sad to see. It's crazy that only like seven, like seven years ago, he was coaching this team and still looked as, as spry as ever. And now he just like every passing game, he looks frail and there's only, moments like you only see moments where it just feels like he's he's there like last Mm -hmm. night i think that's why the moment with uh john stockton's grandson like him shaking his uh john stockton's david stockton's son uh Mm -hmm. like uh his shaking his that little kid's hand because you're like it felt like when you're seeing like jerry sloan smiling and he was engaged that like you're like that looks like jerry Versus mm-hmm. other times, you're, it almost feels like you're, you're like Jerry's not even there anymore, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's just, just sad. It, 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 anyway, condolences to Pop. He he deserved a better season, and he deserved a, uh, a Kawhi Leonard he, being, being more on board. Well, and he deserved Kawhi Leonard to kind of be a little more honest, like just let the people know what's going on. You know, yeah. I, I I think uh, like Kawhi Leonard is a is a prime case of like there are going to be a disagreements health wise and maybe the Spurs can be more accommodating, but it just feels like like the way they're talking they're like you'll have to talk to Kawhi about his status like it it feels like there's no middle ground between those two man what, well it, it what does it just feels like there's more to the story that we just don't know and maybe we'll never know maybe mm-hmm. that's just something that's going to be well, it's kind of like the Darren Williams whole thing like we're like this year like i mean (laughs) on the record now that everyone pretty much knows what happened with the darren williams thing like it like it's we that everybody knew that off the record everybody knew that but no one was really wanting to expose that because it was no in those types of situations nobody is right and everybody is wrong yeah, there's not and, like a like that just sucks. Like there's no there's no villain, there's no hero. It's just a bunch of antiheroes. Mm-hmm. Just people in it for themselves, trying to take care of themselves, like anything else. And even the best of cultures can fall prey to that, and that's what we're seeing in in Sacramento and in San Antonio. Like it's just they've had this beautiful culture of you know the team, the team, the team, the team, the team. Except it wasn't. 
So yeah, so it's falling apart, and it happened to us, and it happened to them. Ironically, kind of similar to us in some ways. Yeah, it does. It um, does. It, it it goes in cycles. Like we had it for so long, so long, and then, whew, and then we hit a just a rough patch. It, but it, even there's always going to be a Ty Corbin. Every team can't like after Popovich, they're probably going to have a coach that is a letdown. Because there's like no way be... you can follow – you can't follow a great. It's literally impossible to follow, follow up something like that. And they might get someone good like a Tori Messina, but even – he's not going to be the same. Yeah. So. Man. Man, that's a sad note. We, we got – so there's some awesome things coming. So we got the game tomorrow night. Got Avengers Infinity War on Thursday. <laughs> that's right. We got Guess game what? We six got if necessary win. on Friday. And guess what? We're going to do it in five games, not seven, Gordon Blayward. Okay, now, now, Gordon, now you've Wood. jinxed us. Uh, so, um, <laughs> great. Great. So, hey, I'll take all the L's. If we lose, all of you, come let me know. But if we win, then I get all the W's. Cool. So, the, <laughs> so follow, us on, follow us on the good old facebook and the twitter be sure to subscribe to our podcast uh, on soundcloud and on itunes hit up our site at slcdunk.com we got some awesome playoff coverage that's going on some t- today we had some awesome articles on on quinn snyder and um on royce o'neill which were awesome um mm-hmm. we have some awesome stuff we have game game day tomorrow we've been ch- testing out this new live thread so we'll keep you updated and if you missed the game, you can just see what's going on and see us way overreact to everything. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, hit it up. This is an exciting time. Oh, and we have a killer new T-shirt out. We got the Samurai. We got the Spanish right. Samurai shirt. That's also going to show up in the downbeat, although maybe we'll switch it to something else. Sweet. We'll nice. Nice, nice, nice. Well, <laughs> check it. Check it out, guys. You guys have an awesome, awesome evening. Peace out. Talk to you later.